0: listening to Her Brilliant Health Radio, episode number two.
1: She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to Her Brilliant Health Radio, where holistic women's health expert and board-certified OBGYN, Dr. Kieran Dunstan, shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for.
0: Hey, it's Dr. Kieran, welcome to another episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. Today I have a very special guest who has a summit coming up that you're not going to want to miss. So Today, we're going to be talking about that. She's an expert in PCOS, as well as many women's health issues, and approaches them using holistic treatments. So Please help me welcome Robin Nielsen. Robin is the CEO and founder of Insulite Health. She's an integrated clinical nutritionist, board-certified in holistic nutrition with a focus on nutrition endocrinology. Robin comes to Insulite Health with a passion for helping women live vibrant, fulfilling lives. Robin has a diverse background in business and the healthcare field, and in a former life, she was president and CFO of a $5 million printing company in Silicon Valley. She worked in a clinical medical setting for five years and has created many successful programs of her own and for other physicians. Robin has two grown sons, a handsome husband, and two pups, Sunshine and Floyd. She loves to surf, play tennis, hike, go on walks with the dogs, read, sing, and ride her beach cruiser on a beautiful sunny day, practice yoga, and cook delicious food. Please help me welcome Robin. And welcome, Robin. It's so wonderful to have you here with me today on Her Brilliant Health Radio. Hey, it's so great to be here. So my first question I bet everybody is wondering is, well, first talk about what PCOS is, but then specifically, why are you so interested in and passionate about PCOS? Awesome. I love that question. So Um, I'm going to
1: start with your second question, which is why am I so passionate about it? It's because I really suffered from it my whole life and never knew, right? And PCOS stands for polycystic ovary syndrome or, or ovarian syndrome, depending on who you talk to. And it's a relatively new condition. So, you know, it wasn't even sort of discovered until around 2003. And so it's, and now that it's sort of been uh, out there for a little bit, it's kind of a catch-all, you know, for, uh, for, you know, women coming in with all these kind of mysterious, somewhat disconnected symptoms, um, which makes it, you know, fine. I mean, it's fine in one respect that, okay, I got a diagnosis, right? But then in another regard, it makes it really hard because there's no medical cure, You know, there are some band-aids that can end up actually hurting you long-term, but there's there's really no medical cure, and a lot of times women are not diagnosed because it's so complicated because they come in with so many varied symptoms, and the doctor, you know, looks at their blood work and says, oh, you're fine, right? I'm sure you've seen that, no matter what the issues are, because, you know, women just suffer from so many hormonal challenges with with sort of the way life is today and as a result it's not it's not very definable you know hormones are are cellular communicators and if the system is broken in any way then you know we start noticing things that are pretty yucky so I just you know, my whole journey has been really figuring out what's going on with me. You know, I love the the little saying, you know, our mess is our message. Yes. Right,
0: this is our message, and so you suffered with it, and it led you to find cures, and I know as a board-certified OBGYN, I practiced for decades, our standard treatment for polycystic ovarian syndrome, which to me is a symptom diagnosis, just like irritable bowel syndrome, which I think they're kind of laughable diagnoses because it doesn't really say what the cause of the problem is. It's just a symptom, and so all traditional treatments like medications are just aimed at getting rid of the symptom, and our standard of care treatment was always give birth control pills, so suppress the uh, ovarian system from ovulating, Um, and so how did you get past the traditional, well, here, take these birth control pills, Robin into the holistic treatments that you now offer on your PCOS.com and you're getting ready to launch the natural solutions for PCOS. How did you discover that? So it's
1: interesting because, you know, there was no internet when I was growing up. And so there just was not access to a lot of information. And my symptoms are, well, now they're considered, you know, Definitely PCOS symptoms, but my my major symptoms were not irregular menstrual cycles. You know, which is a, a foundational um, symptom of PCOS. Mine was persistent acne. So I had acne. You know, not only in my teens, but then I had it in my twenties. I had it in my thirties, all the way to my late thirties, very early forties. So, um, I was figuring it out. But it just took a really long time. And that was really my driving force on figuring out what was going on for me. And then, you know, I had many, many other issues. I I had a a miscarriage. I had had weight issues. You know how you hear women say, oh, my gosh, I can gain five pounds in a day. Mm -hmm. Like, what's that about? Right. And, and that was me. Like I'm a smaller person, but I could gain five pounds in a day. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and then I, you know, if I didn't eat and I overexercised, I could, I could lose it in a day, (laughs) but then I couldn't sustain it because I started eating again. Uh Right. And just terrible mood swings, like always really irritable. And, and so as you start to listen to these symptoms that I'm describing, you know, is this you, Right? And so mm-hmm. so um, PCOS, it's a multifactorial condition that is the result of a metabolic issue that's related to elevated insulin, potentially, and androgen excess. So it's really where the male and female ratio of hormones is upset. and And I really, so there, again, no woman is the same. And so as a result, Mine, I think, was more driven by high levels of DHEA. Like I'm very, very sensitive to DHEA. Mm -hmm. So that's more of an adrenal male hormone or androgen issue as opposed to an ovarian or ovary issue. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and again, there are so many drivers, like my blood sugar was all over the place. I knew that I had insulin resistance. I knew that what I ate was really affecting me because I would have these huge mood swings, right. And huge energy changes, right. Super drop in energy. And then I'd be, you know, on top of the world for half an hour after I had my mocha (laughs) with my bow tie pastry every day at 11 o'clock after my jazzercise class. Right. So it's interesting how how it can it can really manifest um, from a lot of different root causes um, but the bottom line is this androgen, this really over so um, kind of over uh, enveloping, um, aspect of androgen excess. I think that that's really key. And I'd love to review some of the symptoms of androgen excess so that you you can tell if you might have symptoms of PCOS. Does that sound good?
0: Yeah, so I was just going to reiterate that you've covered a lot of ground and so let's talk about how do you know if you have PCOS? Some people listening are wondering what is that? They've never heard of it. Some people might have been having female issues but they're going to colleges and they're hearing you talk about some of the symptoms you had like the weight gain and the acne and the energy and you didn't have a regular period. So they're wondering, you have a great quiz on the PCOS.com, but let's review, let's go through those top symptoms, a lot of which relate to that insulin resistance Mm -hmm. and relate to that androgen excess. So why don't we go kind of through those so people can check off mentally their list.
1: Great. And you know, I really don't believe that a diagnosis is necessary. Like I just don't believe in a diagnosis because even if it's not PCOS and you're, you know, you're going in to say, Hey, do I have diabetes? Or, Hey, do I have this? The bottom line is that it is, it is a group of symptoms, right? And it's more important to pay attention to the symptoms. And if you're not feeling right, like my mission is to help women understand that and take charge of their health. I'm all about empowering women to take charge of their health so that you can transform your life, live the life that you dreamed of, not the life that you never
0: dreamed of, right? Right. And so, I I agree with you, Robin, that a diagnosis is not that as important because it's just a symptom diagnosis, which is what we talked about. So all this, these constellation of symptoms, the varied symptoms are all come from the same root causes. And so if you address the root causes, which is what I love about your program, is that you address how food impacts and nutritional supplements and kind of the underlying hormonal symptoms or systems and inflammation and kind of what I call the four pillars, hormones toxicity which includes inflammation nutritional deficiency and mental emotional spiritual balance if you address those then all the symptoms get better so i'm i'm totally on the same page with you about a diagnosis isn't that necessary. But let, let's kind of go through some of them. You mentioned we've already mentioned a lot. Do you have any others you want to add?
1: Oh, yes, we yeah. have a whole laundry list, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: Uh, and, and it's so weird,
1: because even things that you wouldn't think are associated, just remember when there is metabolic dysfunction, just about anything can happen. Mm-hmm. So I'll share some of those kind of weird things that, you know, and that's why I say if you notice that anything's not right. Just that, you know, for a while you haven't just felt like yourself. That is key, right? So, so let's just go over the biggies and then you can maybe associate with, um, with whether or not you think you're in this, this sort of bucket of, um, you know, poor health. And then Mm -hmm. I can share with you what to do about it. So uh, you tend to gain weight around the middle, right? So that's an insulin resistant symptom or sign. There is the lean woman with PCOS too, but this is for the woman that has, um, that has really a profound insulin resistance issue. Um, you suffer from acne, right? Persistent acne. So not only the teenage years, but beyond the teenage years. And then the hair on your head is thinning, right? That's, an, that's alopecia. That's an androgenic um, that's a that's an inflammatory androgenic metabolism right down that five um, alpha reductase pathway. You're experiencing dark facial growth anywhere on your body, so that um, that dark uh, terminal hair, right, that is like uh, male pattern hair growth. You have a history of irregular menstrual cycles or and ovulation. So no ovulation. And this could be, so you could be a woman, you know, who is postmenopausal, but you have a history. So, you know, again, PCOS does not age discriminate. It doesn't go away Mm -hmm. when when you're postmenopausal. Some of your symptoms might improve um, because your ovaries stop producing uh, so much basically, but you still are going to experience you know a lot of the um, not pleasant symptoms of insulin resistance. Um, you have a uh, you have a history of infertility, right? That's a biggie. So PCOS is the number one cause of infertility. Mm-hmm. You're diagnosed with premature ovarian failure. Um, you've been you've experienced unexplained weight gain and have trouble losing weight. So, you know we can often trace back why we're gaining weight, but the reality is we just. We have like this over, um, what do I want to say? Our bodies just respond in a really reactive way to certain things that happen to us. And it's, it's really out of the norm. So we can gain weight so much easier than most people. And so that's what I mean by unexplained weight gain, right? And then it seems like no matter what you do, you cannot release the weight, and then you have elevated fasting blood sugar or fasting insulin levels. And what's really, like what I'm really unhappy about with this is that when you get your blood work done and maybe there, maybe you do think that you might have PCOS or you know that you're having some issues with your blood sugar, but you can't, like your blood sugar looks fine on your tests, right? You've got to test for fasting insulin and that's very rarely done and because it's Unbelievable how many times the blood work will come back and your glucose looks fine, even your hemoglobin
0: A1c looks fine, but your fasting insulin is way too high. And that, yeah. I want to add something to what you're saying because I think it's very important. I just want to point out for people what numbers they should be looking for. So with your fasting blood sugar, when Robin's saying it's fine. That doesn't mean what the lab says is normal. So that's determined by what 95% of the population has. And you guys listening all know that the majority of Americans are not optimally healthy. I mean, 60% of us are overweight or obese. So you don't want to be compared to those. So you don't want to compare your fasting blood sugar or your insulin or A1C to what's on the lab test that they say is normal or reference range. You want to use optimal values, and I'll put those in the show notes so you'll have them. But for fasting glucose, that should be 85 or less. And for fasting insulin, it should be less than eight. And for hemoglobin A1C, it really should be less than 5.0 to 5.2. At least these are my, from my studies, my optimal values that I use. So, everybody listening, make sure you write these down. So, when you get blood work, you can not only request the fasting insulin, it's not standard. You have to ask for it specifically uh, and be looking for those numbers. So, thank you for bringing that up, Robin.
1: Yeah, and thank you for pointing out the optimal numbers versus the laboratory reference ranges because that's why when you go to the doctor and you feel terrible, right, which is the case for most women, that's why you're told you're fine because your numbers are not indicating disease yet, right? So you're not diabetic yet, right? You don't have heart disease yet, Yet. you don't have cancer yet right but you're getting close and that's the problem is that is that your doctor is going to be able to manage your disease once you're really sick but right now you're having really good indications that your body is not right And you've got to compare your number to optimal reference ranges Mm -hmm. so that you can get healthy, right? That's where you want to be is in the healthy range. So you've got to use those optimal reference numbers that um, Kieran talked about. Yep. All right. And then you experience fatigue on a regular basis. That is a really great indication that you're not getting blood sugar into your cells and utilizing it effectively, right? Um, uncontrollable cravings at times. So that's where those blood sugar swings come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and and really low brain chemistry. You have dark velvety skin patches. Um that's called acanthosis nigricans, also skin tags, right? Mm-hmm. Those, those weird things that come up and just start growing. Oh, little yeah. growth. <laughs> little growth. Um, you suffer from constant irritability. So irritability as opposed to anxiety or depression is kind of key because irritability is is really a sign of androgen excess. You know, you're just agitated, right? You're agitated. And I love the saying, you know, if you hate your husband a week or so out of every month, it's probably not your husband, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's you know those those really kind of severe hormone fluctuations around your cycle and even if you're postmenopausal you're still having you know a definite cycle and you'll notice that some parts of the month you just feel like amazing and other parts are a little bit lower and then anxiety and depression and if you're you know if you have been prescribed the pill and you're on the pill the rates of depression just skyrocket Right. And so that's really important to understand that um, anxiety and depression are definitely part of this. And of course, the pill just can make
0: it a lot worse. Do you have anything that you want to share around that? No, I just want to thank you for sharing all of those. I think there are a lot of people listening who can probably identify with a a few of them. And usually it's not just one symptom. Most people I find have a few. Um, But I think that a lot of women who do know what PCOS is sometimes automatically think they don't have it because the classic PCOS is overweight, irregular periods, and male pattern hair, so mustache or beard. And I'd say the vast majority of people don't have those things. And so if you're listening, don't count yourself out. If you don't fit that classic PCOS picture, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a varied presentation. And again, when you treat the root causes, then all of these symptoms get better, and there,
1: there are two more that I, I, um, I, I just I didn't quite finish because I wanted you to talk about the birth control pill just a little bit. Um, but let me just add the two others, which is uh, or three. You feel stressed a lot of the times. So that comes in with the irritability, but also. You just have, you just kind of have a lack of what are called inhibitory neurotransmitters. So you're just, you know, you just don't react to stress as well. You, it might, There might be a, an adrenal component, so you have less stress resilience. So you just kind of feel stressed all the time. And then your doctors told you that you have ovarian cysts right? That's another one. So not the regular follicles, but, you know, cysts that are growing abnormally. And then maybe your doctor has prescribed the birth control pill, metformin, or spironolactone to help you manage your symptoms, right? That's a great sign that you probably, you know, fall into the PCOS bucket. So that was kind of my entire list.
0: Yeah, that's a very comprehensive list. And yes, if your doctor has told you you have PCOS, or if they've seen cysts on ultrasound, and the classic presentation of PCOS or Stein-Leventhal syndrome is that you have lots of little kind of undeveloped follicles. They could be less than one centimeter or they could be one to two centimeters, but usually there are a lot of them. And actually when I used to do laparoscopies for people with pelvic pain and ovarian cysts, you would see the ovary typically is kind of, it's about this big and it would just, it's kind of got a white texture and you might see a little ovarian follicle here or there, but with PCOS, the ovary is just full of them. And it's almost like if you've ever seen a pomegranate and you see those seeds and how they look full of fluid, that's almost what the ovary looks like. And sometimes, and then the ovary will get enlarged because of all those follicles. And sometimes ovaries can get very big. I mean, four, five, six, eight, or or more times, sometimes ginormous. Um, but, it, and you just see these ovaries full of these weeping kind of, um, Sis. So if you have had that or you've been put on birth control pills um, or metformin or spironolactone is a common drug, then most likely you're being treated for um, PCOS. What did you want me to comment about on the birth control pill? Just sort of what you've seen around that, you know, with, um, with
1: depression and we, you know, the birth control pill—that's a whole, yeah. you know, discussion all by itself. So I don't really want to get into that. But I just, you know, wanted to see if you had anything to add around, you know, the birth control as a treatment option.
0: Yes, yeah, sure. I'll try and be brief, but we could talk about that for hours. So the birth control pill use in PCOS, particularly, goal is to shut off ovulation and therefore stop your ovary from making cysts. But the problem with the birth control pill, well, there are a few. Number one is that when you shut off ovulation, you may shut off some of the hormones you don't want, like the excess androgens and PCOS, sometimes the excess estrogen. But you also end up shutting off the hormones you do want, like progesterone, which progesterone is the weight loss, um, diuretic, anti-anxiety, you know, anti-PMS, feel good, happy hormone. So you also end up shutting down the progesterone and the birth control pill itself gives artificial hormones. So they're not the same as what your body naturally has. So some doctors will erroneously tell patients, oh, well, you're getting it from the birth control pill. So you have hormones, but it's not the same as your natural hormones, and nothing behaves the same. I mean, just to tell you, you know, like we've been using and I'll try and make it brief. But Again, this is a whole other conversation. We've been using horse estrogen in women for years. And that little difference between our estrogen and horse estrogen means the difference between, you know, getting a cancer or not. So it is a big deal. So you get this hormone deficit from the birth control pill that affects all systems in the body and causes symptoms itself. And and then you've got to deal with the fact that you're taking these foreign hormones in your body and so they're actually toxins and so your body has to get rid of them and they can have untoward effects. Not to mention that taking the birth control pill is designed to get at the symptom of the PCOS whereas if you address the root causes you actually heal why you have the symptoms. So I think that's a way better option. And that's why I practice the type of holistic care for women that I do is because I am a firm believer that the right way to get healthy is to address the root causes. So again, we could talk about that for a long time. But if you're on the birth control pill, it's something you seriously want to think about. I tell people question everything, everything that your doctor tells you and gives you question everything.
1: Absolutely. So we are here to empower you to understand what's going on so you can dictate the path of your health. And again, like I, my family, we didn't go to doctors very much. My, you know, my mom had a lot of health problems. So she really was a pioneer when it came to eating better, taking care of ourselves naturally. Um, The doctor was a last resort in my family. And so as a result, I never would have thought out a diagnosis. And I really want to make sure that you know that you don't have to uh, seek out a diagnosis either. You just know that you need to feel well, and you deserve to feel well, right? This is, yes. you know, I, I know there may be after lives, right? But this is our <laughs> one life to feel great and get. And my whole motivation is like, I hate being sick. Since I was a little kid, I just have this real aversity to being sick, and I figured out that it was because. It was such a lonely journey. Mm -hmm. You know, if I had a cold or an ear infection or whatever was going on for me, I was there all by myself. And people could feel bad for me. You know, they could say, oh, I'm so sorry that you don't feel well. And I'm like, well, how about you just take this on and I go outside and play? (laughs) You know, but it doesn't work like that, right? And so we're the ones that are stuck feeling terrible, like Dr. Hyman says, feel like crap, right? FLC. And everybody else is living the lives they love and enjoy and are happy. And so I just thought, I don't want any of that being sick. How can I figure this out?
0: Right. Well, and it's, and your point is well taken that there, I tell my patients, There's always a reason. If you don't feel well, there's always a reason. So if the tests say you're fine, quote unquote, tests say you're normal, quote unquote, we don't find anything wrong or just take this antidepressant or, oh, just try this, but we don't really know why you have it. No, there's always a reason. And the reason come from the the pillars. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that too. Um, So I know you've got your, your, um, conference coming up, your online conference for natural solutions, you've got 45 experts, which I'm so excited to hear. What are some of the most surprising things that you've learned uh, throughout recording all these interviews from the experts that you interviewed about PCOS that surprised you?
1: Mm, That's a a really great question. I'm not going to go into very many of them because I really want you to join in on the conference. But I put this conference together because I think it's so important again for for us women to. I mean, we're we're the experts at at healthcare in our family. Eighty five percent of women take you know take responsibility for all the health healthcare in their family, and we're the researchers. We're the one who you know we're trying to get everybody else on board. If we learn something, right, we want everybody else to follow along, and so I just wanted to like get out there that it's a really big deal. Like this is the number one health condition facing women today. It's the number one diagnosed condition. It's the number one health condition facing women today. It's starting to affect um, girls and teens at a far higher rate. I mean, menstrual cycles are starting so much earlier than they ever used to. Or they just don't come at all. Like it's this really, you know, weird thing that happens. And I think one of the biggest things that I learned, I learned so many amazing things. I mean, mm-hmm. you're going to be blown away by like these really stealth things that we're doing in our lives yeah. that are, that's creating hormone hell. I mean, it's unbelievable. I've interviewed um, some researchers. Mm-hmm. They don't even see patients, but they just, you know, I've done so much research on how things affect our hormones. And it's just crazy amazing. And just with a few small changes, we can feel so much better. And, you know, one of the, I think one of the big discoveries for me is that we talk about in, in the medical world, we talk about estrogen dominance so much and, and really PCOS or polycystic ovary syndrome. So all those symptoms that I was talking about is not estrogen dominant. It's not an or what I, what i want to say is it's it is referred to estrogen dominance and in the true sense it is because progesterone gets so low and your estrogen your progesterone to estrogen ratio is out of balance for sure but it's an estrogen deficient state mm-hmm. which is really interesting because i never really saw it that way before it's an androgen excess state estrogen is low, progesterone's even lower.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we're just shunting everything right down that cortisol and then androgen pathway,
0: which is really interesting. So much of it starts in the brain, which, you know, who who would have thought? Yes. Well, you know, thoughts are things and they affect our health through our cortisol. And everybody listening needs to understand that all of these hormones are made from the pro-hormone cholesterol. So most of you listening probably think that cholesterol is a bad thing, but you haven't heard that it's a good thing because it's the mother of all of your sex hormones. It's the mother of your hormones that help your body manage stress. So your cortisol, and it also is the mother of the hormones that help you regulate your water, fluid, electrolyte balance in your kidneys. So you cannot live without cholesterol, it's gotten a bad rap. And all of these hormones can be made in the adrenal glands, but also in the testes and the ovaries. Um, So what Robin's getting at is the fact that that your thoughts affect your health because your thoughts are things through your cortisol, your stress hormone. And when that system is overwrought, it causes a dysregulation in all the other hormones, the androgens, the male hormones, so testosterone, DHEA, androstenedione, and also your estrogen and your progesterone, it affects all of that. So some of you listening, you've probably heard, oh, you if you worry that you might be pregnant, you could miss your period just from worrying. It's so true because that worry thoughts are things that affect your health through your cortisol, your stress hormone. And then it pulls all the other sex hormones off and you miss your period, not because you're pregnant, but because you were worrying about it. So that's a simplistic example. But this is a very PCOS is a very complicated dynamic condition uh, that affects all this delicate hormone balance. And I'm always amazed at We're hardy as humans, but our hormonal system, so delicate. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like a flower and uh, it doesn't take much. Well, I liken our hormonal system to the wireless internet in your house uh, because it's a communication system. I always say that the nervous system is hardwired and your wireless internet is the hormonal system because molecules are released in one place and go to another just to take information. Well, you know how delicate the wireless internet is in your house, right? I don't know in my house, it's always going out thunderstorm neighbors, you know, whatever, it's always going in and out. Well, our hormonal system is, is just as fragile. So you have some experts talking about that, right? Yeah, so we cover
1: everything, and I and I think you know you're you're right. uh, Thoughts become things, and that's really important. And and we cover a lot of that. But also, I was referring to the hypothalamus Mm -hmm. and how you know it's the regulator of all of our hormones, basically. And so it's telling everything what to do when. And just remember, if you don't have enough of something, or if your hormones are out of whack, hormones are sort of um, they're a little bit obscure, right? We don't get to see them. We don't really know what's going on. We can only tell that they're out of balance because of our symptoms. But the mm-hmm. bottom line is it's just a system that's trying to protect itself in some way. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when you experience a lot of these symptoms, it's because you, you don't have the resources that you need to function properly. So your body's trying to shunt resources where it absolutely, they absolutely have to go mm-hmm. to save your life. And so just know that it's just a, it's really a resource thing. Right. And so you're going to learn all about that. And I'd love to share, sort of my nine tips to make it, my nine secrets, I call them, to make it really simple to get your hormones back into balance. And then the conference is going to elaborate on all of these. Oh, that would be wonderful. Please share your nine
0: secrets. Yes. Okay,
1: awesome. I've got this really cool roadmap that we developed. It's so pretty. It's like the Candyland game. Do you remember that? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, in fact, I can share it. Would that be yeah, sure. Can I share it. Okay, I'll share it, and then it's more fun to look at. <clears throat> okay, so here is here is the, the the roadmap. My nine secrets to to hormone success, and um, and really, it's all about uh, the first one is replacing missing nutrients. So our body runs on nutrients, and if you're experiencing you know, yucky symptoms, you've got to get those nutrients in because they're responsible for actually all the things that happen in your body. And chances are you're missing some, or you just don't have enough, or your absorption's not good enough, and food just doesn't contain everything we need anymore. And then using food as right. medicine, right? Food as medicine is so critical. Like if you could only do one thing to improve your health, that would be what you put in. Because it is what tells your body what to do, right? It gives your body information. Food is information. And, you know, we could talk for hours on each one of these things. So I'm just going to move kind of quickly. Okay. Using, you know, movement as medicine. So everything you do is telling your hormones how to respond. So moving in a way that really supports really – a modulation and stress but an upregulation in things like happy brain chemistry and decreased cortisol and things that you know really make you feel better cuz i i don't know about you but i grew up over exercising cuz that's what i thought we had to do and that just makes it a lot worse especially for women who are already challenged
0: with hormones mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And then the next one is just having an awareness around cravings. You know, cravings are not bad. You know, we, we, we have all this negative self-talk around cravings, but they're not, they're not a bad thing. They're giving you information that you can use to sort of sit with yourself and say, what's going on here? You know, what is it that I really need? Right, and then you can start to shift, just make these really we call it the five percent solution, right? Mm -hmm. These little small changes over time that take you to a completely different healthy destination. So, what are your cravings telling you? What you can do? We have three experts talking about cravings.
0: Great, and I you know, I always say that a craving is your body giving you information that it needs, it's out of balance and it needs something to come into balance. And unfortunately, sometimes, though, our, our cravings go down a path that our body may want a quick fix, like craving sugar, to quickly fix that dynamic with that insulin and cortisol. But in the long run, you have to use your brain to override some of these cravings because they, they hinder you rather than help you. But I agree. I like this, that it's, it's a very stepwise approach. Yeah, it's very cool because you'll learn like all these great ways that you
1: can understand your cravings and then you can, you know, overcome them, take them down a different path, right? Same thing with movement. You will be blown away by the experts who talk about um, exercise. Like it is crazy awesome. And that's oh. oh, there's so many great pearls from, from the the summit. It's bringing back all this great stuff. And then, um, and then the next, the next one is really support community. Um, You know, studies show that you have got to surround yourself with people who are like-minded, like it's critical. So those blue zones across the world where people live longer and healthier, they're surrounded by their peeps, by people who believe what they believe, who support each other to be your best selves. And then you want to be around people who have who have been where you've been, but who have also gone where you want to go, right? So the support community is key. And then using sleep as medicine. Oh my gosh, I do a talk on food and a talk on sleep and you are not going to want to miss them because sleep is the most luxurious thing you can do, yet it's the thing that we feel most shame around, right? Oh, I can't get that much sleep. I want to do stuff so that I feel important or worthy or whatever it is, but I'm going to change your mind on that. And then stress management, right? How we can how we can just slow down. You know, women are really receivers and we end up just giving so much away, too much away that um, before you know it, you know, we just don't have any more to give. So just, you know, what does that look like and how can we really bring more pleasure into our lives so that You know, we're just more present and we have this vibrance. It's incredible. And we just feel so amazing that, you know, it's easy to give. And then you've got to do a hormone assessment, right? You have to figure out what's going on. There are all sorts of questionnaires you can do. You can you can test if you want to, but really understand like what's going on. And the two biggies that I think are more important than any others are cortisol and insulin, right? When we talk about hormones, we always think of our sex hormones, progesterone, estrogen, testosterone, DHEA, right? But those are not the biggies. We really want to look at the biggies because if we can get our stress under control and our blood sugar managed better, oh my gosh, all of our sex hormones come right into line. So you'll learn more about that during the conference too. And then you've got a test, don't guess, right? Do your testing. Um, A comprehensive blood panel is fantastic because you can look and see what your hormone deal breakers are. What are those things that are robbing you of being able to get into balance? I mean, it's basic things like, you know, low nutrient status, anemias, right? Like low iron levels. You can actually have very heavy periods because your iron is low. And you can also have no periods because your iron is low. Like it really affects you in a really big way, but you cannot just take iron. You really need to test Test those ferritin levels, and then, you know, when you go to your doctor, unfortunately now the the panels that we run, and I'm sure this is the same for you, Karen, is that, you know, the panels are huge, right? They have all of those really important markers, so you can see the different systems, like you know, fatty liver is a you know, a crazy big deal in our population of women. And, um, and, and when you go to your doctor, you now get like, I don't know, six markers. I mean, women send me their blood test results all the time. I'm like, I just can't tell anything by this,
0: right? It's just not enough information. Right. I just want, I'm sorry to interrupt. Just want to make sure everybody listening. Something I, I talk to people about all the time is they say, well, I went to my doctor and I had blood work. And I'm going to uh, challenge everybody listening to be more involved in your healthcare than just to say that. Actually, know what you had drawn. You really need to be a proponent for your own health because a lot of times they don't check a blood work tests, specific tests that need to be checked. Um, so they might do the standard CBC, complete blood, ca- blood count, a chem profile, a cholesterol profile, uh, but not do some of the more uh, specific tests, like looking at your hormones, for instance. It's not standard is what I want everybody to get. You have to ask for it.
1: Absolutely. You've got to ask for it. And then, um, accountability. So again, you know, working with someone who's going to help you stay on track, the worst thing, I think the worst program you could ever be in is where you go to your doctor when it's a crisis, right? So you, you definitely have to be proactive. And if that means that you work specifically with someone or that you're in a group, uh, you know, that's on the same mission as you, that's really important because you've got to stay on track. You know, being well is not a part-time job right you're never there right especially if you have the genetics to get off track pretty easily you've got to really pay attention it doesn't just happen and you know setbacks are part of reality for anybody and everybody and so you've you've just got to be able to get right back on that wagon Um, easily. And then the last one is pleasure, right? So I talked about that a little bit already, but pleasure like joy. Yeah. Karen is dancing. (laughs) You probably can't see her. Is a vital nutrient. It's a vital nutrient. So I'm going to show you how to get more of that. And then, you know, all of that equals success. So I'm going to stop the share because I don't think that you can see us, but I just wanted to share the, the, the cool graphics so you can really get a sense of the things that you need to put into place to really feel great. And it's, you know, whether you're diagnosed with PCOS, whether you're not diagnosed with PCOS, um, you're a woman, right? And you just have certain needs that you need to make sure that you get met so that you just feel well more of the time. And you have this awareness around what that looks like and that you feel empowered to take charge of your health.
0: Yes, I love it. And I love the resources that you have for women uh, on your website, PCOS.com, for them to diagnose themselves. Does it sound like they have PCOS? You have a program for them. And I love and am excited about the conference with 45 experts talking about PCOS. If you can't learn something from each person, there's something wrong with you. I always say I can learn something from anybody. And everybody has something to teach me. So, I'm excited about that. Thank you so much for sharing your roadmap and for sharing your list of symptoms. I think you've helped a lot of people to self identify. Hopefully, they'll take that next step. And I'm going to put the link where they can sign up for the conference and listen to the 45 experts and really get some information that's going to help them live a healthier life, feel better, get rid of some of these symptoms because. You do get one life, and there's no reason that you shouldn't feel as healthy, vital, and uh, and alive and have brilliant health so that you can enjoy your life. So thank you for sharing that so much, Robin. You're so welcome.
1: And then do you want to share how people can get connected to the conference? Sure. Go right ahead. So I think that you have this special link. Will you share that on here? or? Okay. Yep. Okay. Great. So, uh, so Karen, I'll share the link where you can get signed up. It's a free. It's completely free. It runs over eleven days, and you're going to be blown away by not only how much fun it is, but how many experts are out there to support you. Yes. Yeah,
0: so I will share the link, but before you go, I have to ask you how you would define brilliant health. What is Her Brilliant Health? That's the name of the podcast, Her Brilliant Health. What is Her Brilliant Health and how does one achieve it? How does one know when one has it? Hmm, wow, that's a tough
1: question to pop on me at the last minute here, but I'm up to the task. So I would say that Brilliant health is really when, I think brilliant health is when you're happy with your
0: life. I love it. Brilliant health is when you are happy with your life. And what would be the top three tools or takeaways from our talk today that you would share with people to say, if you've heard things that could help you, these are the top three that I would recommend things that you could do today. So I'm all about simple. I think life is so
1: complicated. And when it comes to our health, you know, if you if you listen to us on a regular basis, you're overwhelmed. You don't know where to start. So I always keep it really simple. And the first, the first thing you can do is just to to get back to eating whole, real foods. Like forget all the crazy diets, the 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 paleo, the keto, the the fasting, the this, the, that. I mean, I can name off 20 of them, right? Um, Forget about that for right now. Just get back to eating whole real food. You know, we're busy looking for the magic bullet and you have to eat a diet that is sustainable for a lifetime. So if you're suffering from some of the symptoms that I talked about today, you've got to watch your refined carbohydrate intake, like eat none, but you can also (laughs) really pay attention to your grains, right? And because grains, they turn into sugar so fast and, um, and legumes are better in that case. But grains, you want to limit to just a much smaller amount, like, you know, a third of a cup if you decide to eat grains. And test your, you know, um, you can test your blood sugar to tell, you know, whether you can tolerate them or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first is just eat whole real foods. My right. second is stop doing so much, right? Yeah. Find, find time to put your feet up read a book, go for a nice walk, get a massage, be with your girlfriends, do things that puts you more in a pleasure space. Um, when we're in community, it just... It's amazing how it drops your cortisol and balances your hormones. So just do things that are more pleasurable. Um, you know, wear your favorite outfit more often. Put on some pretty lipstick. That is definitely healthy for you, right? That's paraben, gross, chemical free. Um, and just just bring more pleasure into your life. I don't know. Wear wear pretty day, whatever that is. Take hot epsom salt baths. And my num- my number three. Um gosh, what is my number 3? Oh, my number 3 is just get more restorative sleep, yeah. right? Don't take any drugs, right? Not even Benadryl. And just just give your, to, yourself the time to just unwind. And there are a lot of different tools. You can listen to my talk on sleep on how to really make that happen because so many of us, we have trouble falling asleep. We have trouble staying asleep. We can't get up in the morning, right? Um, It's just, it's kind of a, it's kind of a nightmare. And we've taken sort of um, one of the most sacred practices in our lives and turned it into a nightmare, really. Like we, our bed is a scary place because we can't, we can't go to sleep. And, um, and so we want to turn it back into being one of the safest, most luxurious things in our lives. So yeah, I would say food,
0: um, pleasure, and definitely sleep. Food, pleasure, and sleep. You heard it here from Robin Nielsen, top three things you can do today. So I want everybody listening to think, how could I start working with these three practical tips today? What's one thing I could do Today, maybe go to bed a little bit earlier, maybe take a warm Epsom salt bath. It can be simple, folks. It doesn't have to be complex. Health is a journey, not a destination. So what one step could you take on your health journey today? Thank you so much for joining me, Robin. Thank you for your passion For PCOS. Thank you. I know our pain becomes our purpose. I'm sorry that you had PCOS, but I'm also grateful because by the work that you're doing, you're helping so many women to find health and healing. And your conference, your online summit is going to be amazing and is going to help so many people. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing.
1: Thank you. And thank you for everything you're doing. And thank you so much for having me today.
0: My pleasure to have you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. Hopefully you're inspired to take action on some new information you received today. A step towards the bountiful, blissful, beautiful vitality that you deserve. If you have health topics and questions you'd like addressed, please message me on my Facebook page Or visit KieranDunstonMD.com and let me know. I'd love to help. Remember to share this podcast on social media and send it to your friends and family who could benefit from it too. If you love the show, please go right now to iTunes, write a review, and make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll be the first to know when future episodes are available. Thank you again for joining me and remember achieving optimal health isn't magic, it's Science.